Are we going? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shot Podcast with Matthew Weiss. I'm your host, Roy Green. Just kidding. <laughs> Is your uh, you getting that, your recording going? Yeah, we're all uh, synced up, or should be. So, um, hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. My name is Matt Weiss, um, and I am here with a very special guest, um, Roy so Green. <laughs> Roy Green, the third professional archer. Roy Green. Roy, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's Wednesday. It's ninety was ninety three degrees outside, and uh, we're in River Falls, Wisconsin. What could be better? Honestly, I'm not totally sure. It's a, it's a beautiful day to be in the Midwest with 93 degrees and 90% humidity. Um, well, hey, thanks for hopping on with me today. Super excited for our conversation. I have a handful of questions for you um, that I'm super excited to hear your answers and kind of run through with. And then I'm sure per usual, conversation will kind of carry wherever it goes. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll have some interesting stuff to talk about. So, uh, as you know, on the podcast, our focus is mostly archery and um, filming your hunts and photography in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get started in the first half, how did you get started in archery? Oh, boy. Uh, archery. So, yes. oh, hey, way back here, way back to old, like four-year-old Roy. Um, I was actually camping with my parents and our family friends in uh, what was it? Lake Chippewa. Hayward, Wisconsin. Okay, sure. And uh, I had uh, one of my dad's college buddies. They they're into traditional archery, and they had brought some bows to the campground. I don't know if that's uh, that might be frowned upon, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go with it. We didn't tell anybody about that part. Uh, yeah. So they brought some traditional bows, and I started flinging around with like a little kid's ten pound bow, and uh, I think that's where it started. And uh, I don't know. From there, I went uh, got another recurve. And, uh, oh gosh, when I'm 2007, 2008, got my first compound, started shooting. Actually, we, we, I got to go back. Before that, I start, I did actually Olympic-style recurve archery for 4-H. Did you have Olympic aspirations? Um, I think maybe for a little bit I might have. Okay. I quickly lost those, though. <laughs> um, so you started out trad archery. Yeah, trad was where I started. Yeah. And then you switched to... And then like, from trad, yeah. uh, my dad. So my dad didn't hunt, and um, from trad, I wanted to start hunting. And my dad's friends were like, "Yeah, well, you better get him a compound because it's, it's that shit's hard, you know." Yeah, <laughs> especially when you're a young kid, you know, it's you're not pulling much weight, and yeah, so want you to actually yeah, kill so, something. Yeah, so my dad started hunting um, with. He actually started hunting with a longbow um, about two years before I started hunting. Okay. And then I got a Mission Menace compound. I think that was in 2008. That's what I started shooting on, too. You had a Menace as the well? The old Mission Menace, man. The Great Me- Menace OG. I shot it for a long time. I I did not shoot mine for a long time. Yeah, I did. I was too broke to get anything different. <laughs> my dad said, this is the last bow he's buying me, and then I was stuck with it. I sold, like, when I was, like throughout my life, I've sold, like, so much stuff to pay for bows. It's crazy. Like, I sold a dirt bike once to buy a, what was that, a, yeah, that's I had my menace, and then I was like, God, I had shot that for like a year or two years, and I was like, Yeah, that's this is not working. I need that Hoyt Turbo Hawk upgrade. So I sold my dirt bike that I had got like three years earlier, and that was like when I got my dirt bike, I was like, That's all I need ever in my life. Yeah. So I sold my dirt bike and bought that Turbo Hawk, and then like a year after that, and 
I got a Hoyt Maxis 35. Okay. 2010. Sure. Yeah, so from 2008 to 2010, I had three bows. So a bow year. So, yeah. yeah. A little, little less than that, but yeah, yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I had that for a while, but yeah, I've been yeah, closer to the mic here. I've been pretty close to, well, most of my life I've been pretty close to a new bow year. Been a few more than that as of recent, but we'll see. Sure. And then you uh, you eventually transitioned into Target mm-hmm. and shooting competitively. Mm-hmm. What age is that? So, like, it, as we were talking before about the recurve archery and the mm-hmm. Olympic and the 4-H. Mm-hmm. So, actually, uh, I got convinced to do that by uh, some family friends, too. And uh, we did a, was a 4-H national shoot in Nebraska. Okay, sure. So, and after that, I kind of... After I did that, I was like, you know, if I want to get good at this, I got to, you know, it takes a lot of time and you're trying to hunt and do all this stuff. It's kind of hard to stay on top. I'm sure I could have done it. And I'm, you know, a lot of people say I have a, uh, the body type of an Olympic style recurve shooter versus a compound. Oh, like tall and long? Yeah, tall and long, like surfer dude, long arms, yeah. knuckle dragger, a lot of, lot of, lot of Olympic archers that look like that. Oh. Sure. <laughs> Not the stereotype. Brady Ellison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, Jay Kaminsky. Sure. Some other guys too. Um, what were you talking about? Okay, Olympic style recurve, four H, Nebraska, Grand Island, Nebraska. Yeah. After yeah. that, the old Cheeseheads. I think we came in like fourth or something overall. Okay. We were uh, quite the team, you know. Sure. Some ragtag crew. Sure. After that, I. I was kind of already shooting uh, compound competitive, but I kind of got more into it after that. And there was a couple guys that were down uh, at the 4-H National with me that were on the compound team. And they were like, yeah, dude, we go to Iowa Pro-Am and we go to Wisconsin Nationals. And I was like, that, that shit sounds fun. Yeah. So I got my Maxis 35, went on old archery talk, oh got me God. a <laughs> Sherlock Supreme, threw that bad boy on there, started shooting target, man. And uh, and then, yeah, just kind of from there, it progressed. I went to, you know, uh, Wisconsin State, Iowa Pro-Am, um, Nationals in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Yep. Um, and then from there, I think my next, I, you know, I did those, and then I did some outdoor outdoor NFA at, at uh, sure. in Yankton, South Dakota. The, the headquarters is out there. Uh, and then... I was on YouTube, as I did a lot when I was a kid, watching tournament archery and stuff. Yeah. And I saw this Lancaster shoot. So uh, I went to I went there for the first time. I went to Lancaster shoot in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Sure, yeah. Obviously, you guys probably know Lancaster archery. Um, and it was there that I met uh, George Riles, actually. Okay. So Griv, you guys know him? Griv, the, the archery doctor, as we could call him. <laughs> the... Uh, Swedish stallion. He's got that big beard, looking good most of the time. Grib sixty X on the old Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grib sixty X. If you guys want to follow him, um, and uh, yeah, I met, he met me there. And, you know, obviously he saw me shooting arrows and thought that I had. Uh, yeah, it had that surfer dude look, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm just let's shoot." <laughs> Overall, just a you know a, a bitch and dude. And he yeah. said, "Hey, let's go. Let's shoot some arrows. Come down to Georgia." So, from there, we I kind of I got linked up with him, and we did, you know, U.S. archery circuit and more NFA stuff, and yeah. 
So through all of that, which is kind of an adventure, and mm-hmm. now now you don't shoot super competitively anymore. Correct? Not not really. You kind no. of dropped off in college. Yeah, right? it's tough. Yeah, it's tough to do that stuff when you're. I mean, there's kids that do it, but I think that I you know I'm kind of. It's, it's hard for me to focus on two things at once. <laughs> it's, it was hard hard enough for me to do college right now without having competitive archery, and I don't think I would do very good if I was doing it. But yeah, so kind of had to take a backseat for a little while. I'm still in college, so. We'll see. Yeah, for I sure. I still throw down 60s, so it's okay. Anybody out there that shot against me a little while ago, don't... Uh, just don't comment. Yeah. Let it go. Um, no, yeah, just keep a one eye open when yeah. you sleep at night. <laughs> um, so, a little preface. Me and Roy met in college uh, a couple years ago, and I assume because you were at State Archery, we probably met prior to that. Actually. Because I shot that tournament every year growing up. So, like, we've probably ran into each other, shot on the line somewhat near each other, mm-hmm. um, which is actually kind of crazy. But Do you know Olin Bozen? The name's familiar. Do you know Jason Mark? No. Adam Kramer? You know Adam Kramer? He went to River Falls. Yes. That kid used to shoot 59, 60s all the time. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. You did not know that? He was on the, he was on the 4-H compound team when I went down there as Rika Roger. Sure. Him, Jason yes. Merrick, and Olin Bolson were actually on there. Okay. And they See, were with a guy like named Tony Katowski. All, these are all just like real slingers from bangers. Wisconsin. Bangers. Yeah. Yeah. See, you were probably a lot more involved. I was a kid shooting like mm-hmm. bow hunter class, yeah. bringing up my menace, flinging arrows at 20 yards, mm-hmm. throwing down some 290s, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. But, um, 290s are good. Yeah, it wasn't bad for state. I was pretty proud of that. Shit, man. Um, but... Question for you. Yeah. What do you think, in your opinion, looking back on your kind of target career, whether it continues or you just side hustle now, mm-hmm. what is your biggest biggest accomplishment? And kind of give us a story about how you're so proud of it. Oh, are we like tournament archery accomplishments? Tournament archery. Yeah, we're sticking tournament okay. right now. Um, I think. Uh, excuse nice me. one. Solid. Uh, I think my. Gosh, my biggest biggest accomplishment um, would probably be placing second at Nîmes. Uh, Nîmes, actually, as you call it, yep. spelled Nîmes. Sure. Uh, in France. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that was in the in the junior division, and uh, still felt like I should have won the match, but I was a little kid. <laughs> How old were you at the time? Oh God, I was at. Senior year of high school, I mean, seventeen or eighteen. Seventeen, eighteen. I don't remember, but yeah. No, well, I did. I, I was, was shooting, shooting against some really the be, you know the best kids. That's like literally the best kid at the time. You no, know. not not like me. I'm saying the best kids shot there. So um, yeah, so I'm saying you got to you had a championship shoot off. So you yeah. had to shot you shot against essentially the best kid at the time. I did, and you were second best, first loser. Damn Italians. <laughs> uh, so back in Neem, remember the name second place. Yeah. So I guess off that, what's your biggest win that you can remember? Biggest win, like tournament win. You win any big tournaments in your shooting career? I, dude, I don't think I, I don't think I ever placed first place like in a big tournament. Really? No, I don't think so. Wisconsin State. Oh, I got one Wisconsin State, but like I'm, I mean, I guess that's a big tournament. That's fairly big. I never uh, most regionals. Of, yeah, most of my most of my like at like nationals and like uh, USA tournaments and stuff were like 
like my biggest stuff was like thirds and seconds and stuff. I mean, still I was, great shooting. Yeah, I was I was fairly new. I guess I like shot for a while, but I only shot with Griff from um, freshman year of high school till sophomore year, for like freshman year of college. So, so five four years. or five years. Yeah, yeah that, I mean that's not long yeah. in the archery space and for sure. Yeah, yeah like, like right, right when I. Uh, when I was, right when I was like, right when I got out of it and went to, started going to a four-year university, that's like when I was shooting my best, you know, I was shooting, you know, 60Xs indoors regularly with Easton X10 Pro Tours, which are smaller than a pen, you know, smaller than a pencil. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I mean, and I'd still... I mean, I'll throw on I'll throw on a sixty every now and then. So you lucky every once in a while. <laughs> um, yeah. So flip side of that, what do you what, what what's your biggest struggle in archery? Mm-hmm. Is it and I, it kind of sounds like maybe part of it's just giving it the time it needs mm-hmm. to stay proficient. But what what do you think is your biggest struggle? In do you it? mean like my biggest struggle, like in my shot process or? Anything? What do you I'm, mean? I'm thinking kind of anything. the gripes that I have with archery industry. Yeah, sure. Like kind of what. You can go industry. Whatever frustrates you most about shooting. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to do the biggest... God. I'm going to do the biggest thing that I struggle with in archery. Okay. And I'm going to go... Gosh, I don't know. I might piss some people off. There's like... I'm going to go to the biggest... I'm going to go to the biggest thing that I don't like about the archery industry. Which is, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm p- complaining. But Let's blow this episode up just for okay. this clip right here. Okay. Uh, biggest thing that Roy Green struggles in his archery shot. I shoot back tension, obviously. Um, when I make a bad shot, I find that often it's because I'm leaking pressure. I'm not. I'm in my shoulder. Okay. So what that means is not that I'm not pulling hard enough. It's just that my as you're pulling down, you want to kind of focus like your shoulder blade is pulling down and around. If you're right-handed, down and around towards your left heel. Okay, that's kind of how I visualize it. And you want your shoulder blade locked down towards the ground. And I kind of feel like when I leak pressure, I'm letting that shoulder blade rise up and come out of its lockdown position. And that can actually cause your um, a slight, like a little minor, minute uh, if you can see my hands right now, I'm, I'm kind of jolting them forward like a yeah, cam's moving in sync. Yep, yep. So they're coming forward just slightly, like microscopics of millimeters. <laughs> Math stuff. That's scientific. And that causes your pin to jump off the middle, and, and it, it oftentimes happens right before your release is about to go off, or that motion causes your release to go off because you're talking about thousands of an inch here. Yep. Thousands of a millimeter, whatever the, you know, whatever yeah, the heck you yeah, want to yeah. talk about. So. Uh, that pressure will leak, causing the pin to move just off the middle, and then bang, your bow goes off. Um, I feel like that's one of the things that I struggle with. I struggle with the most, and I've, I've struggled with that kind of my a lot of my archery career. But sure, sure, I feel like that's common. I'm sure. kind of on top of. I'm kind of on top of it. I think I feel like it happens more often than people think. They just don't know what it is. They're just like, ah, my pin moved off the middle. And, oh, know. I totally believe that. Mm-hmm. I know my shoulders creep all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially if your draw weight's a little too heavy or you just upped or something. Mm-hmm. Or your like cam sh- timing's off. It can happen a lot easier. Yeah, but, I feel like shoulder creep mm-hmm. is huge. So I totally understand that. And I feel like trouble. that happens. I mean, I my archery shot, I try to relax as much muscles as I can and I try to 
I try to use the least muscles as possible, lock out my arms. Um, and uh, when I try to rela- relax so much, sometimes it just gets gets away from me a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. I'd, I'd say that's what I struggle with the most. Very insightful. I like the yeah, elbow I mean, to the heel. Elbow to the heel, I don't baby. know if I've ever heard that before. Elbow, Or I say elbow to the ass cheek sometimes. Okay. You're opposite. Am I allowed to swear? Of course. Oh, yeah, I think I've dropped a few here. It depends like, on what audience you're around. Yeah, so yeah. opposite opposite buttocks. So you're right-handed, your left buttocks, shoulder blade down and around to there. I like that. Get a yeah. nice clean break. Yeah. Bullseye. Every time. Okay. Uh, Gripe about the industry. Let's hear it. <sighs> okay. This is target archery industry, and I'm not talking about bow hunting okay. or anything. Uh, my main gripe about the industry, uh, I feel like a lot of guys feel like, and this could, I I feel like you could, this could go to like other industries and stuff too. I feel like sure. a lot of guys think that they are more important than they actually are. Oh, uh, sure. Like an ego problem. Y- yeah. I mean, I yeah. feel like that's in every industry. I'm like, dude, you sh- we shoot arrows at paper. Yeah. Like, come on <laughs> oh for sure yeah i i mean i think that's that's an issue in every industry i would assume especially when you get to that mid pro level yeah right? like we're like they're almost there. getting paid to do it or yeah but you're not on the biggest stage but you think you're a big shot yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i feel like college athletes get that way too mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but I, and i you know i noticed like kind of with uh the the pros the, the big shot pros you know the guys who are like doing it, you know, they're doing it and they're doing it week in and day in and day out. Levi Morgan, Jesse Broadwater, sure, um, the top dogs. Yeah, they're they're great guys to talk to. They don't, you know, their ego is so deflated. Sure, and and uh, I think they realize what you just said. Like we shoot arrows. Yeah, for it's, a living. it's you're it's a privilege. Sh- yeah, yeah, it's a it's a. And a lot of people think it's a sport. It's kind of it's more of a performance, really. When you're talking about Ooh, target archery, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's fair. Because I mean, you're really when when you come if you take the mental game out of it, you're really just shooting against yourself. Oh, I mean, especially when you're at the top level, it's just doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Like because the dudes don't miss. Like we're at the top level, so you're literally mm-hmm. just trying not to miss. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. That's an interesting gripe. That is the gripe. That's the Roy Green gripe. Thank you for sharing. It's much appreciated. Um, (laughs) See who crucifies me for it. (laughs) Kind of with your gripe about, uh, or not your gripe, I guess your struggle with your form, Mm -hmm. to somebody who is getting into or maybe moderately involved in target archery, Mm -hmm. what is your biggest piece of advice? Mm. Oh, boy. Uh, somebody just getting into it, or they're into it, but they want like to, moderate, right? Like they're into it, they want to go to the next level. Yeah. Oh boy. I want to say something along the lines of like, like form. Um, I have two things. Don't buy cheap equipment. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> just call me out next time. Um, I'm, and I'm not saying I'm not saying you have to go buy the top of the line Shibuya yeah. or Excel site or, but don't like, don't don't order a Chinese. Don't thumb buy a Chinese a thumb release. It's not gonna work out for you. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
and it's like there's certain things like release aids and uh, like I don't know I won't I don't want to say it with bowls but like there's a certain point with bowls where they're they're just some are better than the others you know like the top well, of the line target bowls yeah and the yeah I don't think you're saying like brand specific you're just saying no. buy a flagship yeah or I'm, a I'm saying competitive bowl yeah buy something that's good quality from a good brand like don't buy a mission menace to shoot at the top level don't yeah don't do that um <laughs> and uh yeah so i'm not saying you gotta spend a fortune i mean there's plenty of i i know a lot of guys are going on archery talk and buying stuff like i bought my first target site from archery talk it was a sherlock uh supreme it's probably like six years old i got it for like 125 bucks with a scope sure i shot that thing for like six years sure yeah that's an investment <laughs> too like yeah. you, you bought one thing that was a little bit more expensive than what you could have bought, and yeah. it'll last you six years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with that. I know I'm probably the biggest culprit mm-hmm. of breaking that rule. Yeah. Um, just because. Well, you like, yeah, you got to get in, you know, the best deal. Out oh, there. I'm always about getting a deal. And I'm, mod- I'm modding stuff to make it work, like that yeah. wolf release aid or whatever. I was filing down pins to make it tighter. and But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I could have just went and bought a nice Carter. It made an investment, and it would have lasted me a lifetime and done way better than what I I'm still doing. have my first thumb release. I bought a Carter Target 3 in 2010. I ordered it with my Maxxis 35. I still have it. It works great. No issues. Works great. Yeah. See, like, and I, and Shout I, out to Carter Release Aids. They actually right? make the best thumb button yeah. on the market. Yep. Um, and that's something I'm thinking about investing in. I wanted to see if I liked it first. Mm-hmm. So I oh, bought, yeah, true. With the cheap route. That's, yeah, that's uh, understandable. But I definitely will be investing in a Carter in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that's a good piece of advice. Do you have any immediate advice to someone who's thinking about trying archery for the first time? Hold on, hold on. Before we're gonna go back to that. Okay. I need. Oh, I have, have two pieces. I right? have two pieces. Sorry, sorry. Um, Jump the gun. Bad host. No, no, it's okay. I won't say you're bad. I say you're pretty good. Good questions. Um, don't uh, don't listen to everybody. Every I mean. There's a lot of people out there that have a lot of information to share when they actually don't have a lot of information to share. You know what I'm saying? They have a lot to say and not a lot, not a lot to share. Yeah, like the, there's yeah, there's a lot of guys out there who who think they know more than they do and they're going to teach you like yeah, there's just a lot of misinformation. Um there's plenty of, there's plenty of good outlets online to to you know, to learn good stuff. Griv does and George Riles, he does thing a weeks and stuff like that. Um, ask pros, you know, if you're at tournaments and stuff, ask them questions. Like that's that's the biggest thing. Like when I was shooting, um, and other guys see it too. You know, it's it, you see a lot of times that like kids and even like me, like I was the same way. You see, kids are like so you're so scared to go up to these guys because they're like they're pros. Know, yeah, they're, they're pros. Idols. Or, oh, they're my idols or whatever. But they're just normal guys, you know. Like they'll answer your questions. Like they, they're just there shooting arrows. So, if you have, you know, obviously they're they're at Vegas shooting, you know, twenty six to thirty X's a day. So go up to them. Just go up to them and ask them. You know, if you have a question about your form or shot execution or stuff like that, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna not tell you how to do it because they want to win. They're not gonna tell you the same. It's not. And they're like, yeah, just. Yeah, just let go of your release. Yeah, it'll go off. Yeah, right. They're no, they're. Oh, oops, I bumped the mic. Yeah, they're there to. They're there to 
they want Archer to grow too, just like everybody else. So just try to find good coaching. And that doesn't mean you need to spend a fortune. Or like I said, you can go on YouTube and, and find that stuff too. And I think for that same level, say you're getting into it, you have, mm-hmm. you know, you're really developing, maybe younger, and you want to take the step of maybe getting sponsored or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a lot like uh, I work in advertising, and a big thing getting into my career was just networking. Like, I feel like that's a big thing in the archery space, too, is mm-hmm. just like talking to people at shoots, getting to know people, like meeting people who are in positions to help you or, um, educate you or Mm -hmm. introduce you to other people who can help set you up on your path would you agree with that sentiment i agree 100 percent um gosh this fat tire's got me gassy belching i'm belching um yeah and archery is it's not only do you have to be like a good shot it's it's a lot about connections you know yeah it's and it's connections 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 is who you know um if you're friends with you know the pro staff manager at hoyt it's gonna be a lot easier to you know well yeah if you're gonna send him a note and be like hey i'm interested or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah so it's a lot it's a lot easier to get where you're going when people you know you're a likable person they're like hey I, i could be friends with this guy yeah you know yeah and that's it you just talk to people get your name out there you know um and that's kind of, I I excelled pretty quickly. I wasn't, you know, I was never like Jesse Broadwater or Levi Morgan or whatever, but in my four or whatever years that I was doing it at, you know, every other weekend, I did pretty good. And that's, I mean, I've always been a person's person. I'm pretty good at conversations. Yeah. Um, I'd agree with that. I think I'm a, I think I'm a pretty cool guy. Well, <laughs> all right. Let's take it easy. Um. I guess with that, uh, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. what do you think for social media in this next wave of pro archery? Do you think mm-hmm. it play, like having a big social presence? Do you think that helps your odds of being, um, you know, successful at the at the really top tier level or getting sponsorships and getting people to to reach out to you? I think so. Um, I. Th- oof. So sponsors, sponsors want if they're gonna sponsor you, they want you to sell stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're an ambassador. You you're are. In a, you are. A you brand. are making people purchase that product. Yeah, you're a brand ambassador. Um. And the more obviously the more the more people you reach, the more, um, the more you can push a brand or something like that. The more you're gonna, you know, sell more of their products. And I mean that's to be honest, that's just the matter of fact is that they're looking for you to sell stuff so obviously the more the more instagram followers or whatever you have the more people you reach is going to help you a lot um i mean uh, if you're you know if you're in it gets to the point like if you change like the stabilizer position on your bow like you see if levi changes his stabilizer setup you'll see it 20 kids at the next shoot. They'll yeah. have, they'll be changing their stabilizer stuff. Like you saw that like the 10 degree down, you see that? Yeah. That does it does nothing to aim. <laughs> Not one bit. It's like they say it has like a pendulum effect, but Levi and Jesse and everybody ran that and they're like, "Oh, yeah, dude, that looks sweet." Yeah, pendulum, yeah. And all these kids were like, "Yo, yeah, we got to get that." Well, I think it's even like Chris B, for example. Mhm. He was messing around with some crazy. St- I remember this. He was messing around with some crazy stabilizer on YouTube, and there were eight hundred comments about it. 
Yeah. There are 800 people. What are you doing? What is that? Why are you doing that? People yeah. are like, should I try that? Is that mm-hmm. a new thing? And he could say, yeah, I love it. It's awesome. And there'd be... You Next know, tournament you go to, there's 12 six, kids. 12 kids who are doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I would say definitely say social media presence will help a lot. And that's... It's kind of the, the same thing to go with the sponsors, too. You know, if, if you're a likable guy, you like talking to people and, you know, you're not... I mean, shit... You can do good. Just yeah. got to keep going. Post once a day. There you go. That the constant content. Constant content. 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 Ask Kobe Hanley. That's what he talks about. I'm sure. Um, so I guess transitioning a little bit, kind of maybe talking sponsorships. Mm. Is there one piece of gear for mm. hunting or target archery that you feel is a must-have? And maybe let's take it off the bow. I mean, you can talk handheld release, maybe. But, um, like, off the bow, what is one piece of gear that everybody needs and why? Or one that you can't live without. One that I can't live without. Yeah, because, I mean, nobody really needs anything. But what's one that you, you know, personally are like, that's a must It's a tough one. It's a tough one, man. I can live without a lot of things. It's true. But this is something that you got and you're like, this actually makes a difference. Like, this, this oh, one God. piece... Like, literally change the way I'm able to do X, Y, Z. My Whisker Biscuit? Really? I'm just kidding. No. I actually, I love Whisker Biscuits. Everybody knows that. That's like, what you switched to. Yeah. I, mean, I have a drop away on my VXR, but... I, okay. Okay. Only, be, only, because, only because my Whisker Biscuit wouldn't fit with the Matthews Q-Light Quiver. My arrows hit it. Okay. My my one and two arrow hit it, so... Okay, sure. Um, No, I'd probably go with my release. Okay. My Carter. What are you shooting on the Carter right now? Uh, it's an insatiable three, four, insatiable two four finger, cut down to a three. A yeah, three, can you talk about that a little three, bit? Two finger, three finger, two finger. If uh, I remember right, because I commented on it. No, no, no. It's a three. It's a three. I shoot so, a two sometimes. Can you talk a little about about the mods you made? Because I know you have two releases. <laughs> yeah. One is a three finger cut to a two finger. Yeah. Hinge. Mm-hmm. And the other is a four finger cut to a three finger. Mm-hmm. So, I actually have two True Ball HTs cut to a two finger. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, why? Uh, How? Why would you recommend it to somebody else, or is this a personal thing? It's, you know, obviously, if your mom or dad or you spend a bunch of money on a release, I wouldn't recommend going hacking on it if you're not 100% certain. Sure. Obviously, like, I shot two finger for a while before I was like, yeah, I'm going to cut this thing. Sure. Because it's a big investment. in a like my HT was like a hundred, I forget how many, one hundred forty nine, hundred fifty bucks. Hey, cheap. Yeah, and they didn't make the brass in the two finger, and I shot a two finger, and I said, you know what, I love brass releases, and I love shooting this bad boy two finger. So uh, my dad's actually the principal at the uh, middle school in town, so I went. I used to shoot bow in the shop in the tech ed shop. At really? Night. Yeah. So wow. like after I would go to like uh, wrestling practice or whatever, I used to wrestle. Big wrestler. Yeah, or even after that, you know, just be, just be like at night after practice or whatever. Sure. In winter, winter mainly. Yeah, goes to um, house. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go into the tech ed shop and and shoot arrows in there. You know, shoot two hundred arrows a night or something. And uh, one night Jesus. I got the wild hair, and I was like, you know what? I never shoot this thing three finger anymore. So I went over to the old bandsaw, fired her up, fired her up, <laughs> cut her off. Then I went over to the belt sander and polished you up a little bit it actually looks good it's it's rounded it's, there's no sharp edges it's, it's not pro- professional no well you can tell it was at home but it's really not horribly done yeah 
It's great. There's more. I think there's more dents in it from me dropping it on the floor than there is. Honestly, probably from belts and. So you commented on how you like brass. Do you just like the weight from the brass? Yeah, I like the weight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. I don't know why. I think just like a heavier. I don't know that it actually makes a difference though. I think it's a placebo thing. Probably. Most things are probably. It's an advertising thing, I'm sure. You know. I'm, most of it is. I'm sure a lot of it is. Ten degree angle disconnect. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so uh, we're gonna transition a little bit. We can talk a lot of target archery. Let's talk a little hunting. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest buck to date? I shot a white tail last year. It was 155 inches. That's pretty. That's in Pepin, Wisconsin. That's pretty big. It was a nineteen pointer. That's a stud. I did. I took a. I took a dandy of a picture though. He looks like one hundred and seventy five inches in the picture. Go follow him on the old Instagram <laughs> at Roy Green the Third. I I I not three. Roy Correct. Green I I I. Correct. I've actually been losing followers. What is that about? Well, losing and gaining. When I when I quit uh, when I was like when I stopped like going to tournaments every other weekend and went to college, I had like th- I think I had three thousand six hundred followers. That's a lot. I only have three thousand three hundred three now. Wow, Roy Green, what are you doing? You guys style that social media. Guys. I gotta start posting more pictures of bows. Yeah, people love the bows. I post a picture of my VXR. I'm on my Instagram right now. What is this? Where's my likes on here? I'm not. 350 likes. Okay, that's not that good. Gosh, I get your point though. You know what I mean? You have an archery um, audience. You gotta give them what they want. I post. They don't want to see your. Lady. I post a picture of a big old buck that looks like it's 175 inches. 552 likes. That's a few. Uh, yeah, what do we do here? I post a picture of. Uh, I'll uh, post the picture of your buck on the old Instagram page for people to take a look should. at. Um, post a picture of uh, this is this one actually shocked me. Post a picture of me and me Chris. Uh, is that at Chris Be Real? Me, yeah, Chris Be Real. Uh, me Hunter Elstrom and Trav W Johnson in South Dakota packing out bucks after we sniped them. Uh, picture taken by Bryce Seidel Photography. That one only got a. 124 likes. Yeah, I must have missed my invite for that trip or something. You I'll, I'll just check the mail on my way home. <laughs> um, well, sweet, have. 155, man. That's a stud. How'd how, how it happen? Give us a little lowdown of what went down. Well, basically, we're at our lease down there. And I wish I, I, wish I had him on the wall in here. We're at recording this at my house in River Falls. But wait, I think we talked about that. Probably. I should start filming. You should start filming for me. Let's do it. I'll be your Bryce Seidel. Mm-hmm. Right. Except we'll have 90K instead of 60K like Chris. So this is what happened. I woke up in the morning. Yep. Uh, morning hunt or afternoon? Morning hunt. Okay. Yep, first first morning. Was it the first morning? I think it was the first morning. I, we talked the weekend you went up. I had a lot of first mornings this year. That's honestly, like, <laughs> I really like you as a friend, but that's such bullshit that I just don't, like, that's like, I have a friend, John Hermes, probably tuning in. Um, he went out this year, gun season. First yeah. time he hunted. Yeah. Literally all year. Mm-hmm. He shot a 160 class and a 140 class. Same morning, opening morning. And that's just bullshit. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, he shot two? Yeah. Is that legal? He had an earn a buck tag from the year before because he had CWD deer down in Dane. They still do earn a buck in Dane? So if you shoot in Dane County explain right now, to Explain what earn a buck is. Yeah, so it's, it's technically not earn a buck. That's a wrong term. Because I haven't it, heard of Earn a Buck since like 2005. Yeah, they got rid of it uh, probably 2010. But yeah, they got rid of it. It was high school for me. Yeah. Right before high school. Um, but 
No. So if you shoot a deer and it tests pos- and you get it tested, nope. and it tests positive for CWD, mm. the Wisconsin DNR will reissue your tag, mm. so you can shoot another one. And it's good for that year and the next year. That's insane. So the year before, he I'm not sh- sure how I feel about that. He shot a bu- well. If it's a buck, you get a buck tag. Doe, you get a doe tag. So he shot a buck, tested positive, got his tag back. So he had two tags for this year. Yeah. And open morning, shot bang, bang. two studs. Studs, absolute studs too. Like, yeah. I mean, and for didn't hunt this property all year. Was living it your up property? in Alaska? No, it wasn't my property. Thank God. If it was, we you might have to kick anymore. him off. Yeah, we wouldn't be friends anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding, John. Um, but yeah, like that's so crazy. But people like you, like I just love you both to death. But what the hell? I mean, dude, I've hunted hard. Yeah. I okay. I wish those bucks were in here right now. Um, that's your muley, isn't it? That's my muley, and that's my uh, River Falls buck from public land. At Jeremiah Walter just gave you the plug and where to go. He, for that he one. did honestly. I think he, might <laughs> he literally have been told me where to go. <laughs> he was salty. Well, he had never been out there. He just he said, "I was like, ah, Jeremiah, where's this public?" Where, yeah, he's this like, public "I land? found this piece of public, and I think it's got deer on it." That's all he said. You just because he saw it on Onyx, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go out there." November first, by the way. So we have two, one, two, three of my bucks in here. Okay. Um. We where where I mainly hunted, um, I've mainly hunted the most of my life is in central Wisconsin. I, I ended up shooting a, a deer, a buck with my bow there this rifle season, um, and that was on the opening morning as well. Um, but Jeez. I shot my first my first buck there. Okay, in oh god, what year was that? I had to be like eleven. That's pretty, don't you have to be twelve to get your own tag? No. When I was eleven, they did. They started the mentor hunt. Okay. You know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. Where you can buy a tag and someone comes with you, but you can only have one gun between two. Yes, it's a thing in Wisconsin. Um, you want to get another one for Matthew? Okay, thanks. Um, yeah. Shout so I shot Nathan, that Nathan Vonderhaar. I shot that buck. What, ladies and gentlemen, what we're looking at is a spike with two and, and a half inch brow tines. 165 yards. Uh, wow. Yeah. In central Wisconsin? Yeah. That's a pop, dude. Well, we is, I was on a food plot. Okay. Yeah. It's a big food plot. Big food plot. Like 165. Probably that's like 15 be, acre. Food yeah, plot. that's... Not 15 acres. 10 acres. That's dang near a field, brother. Yeah, that's a big... Yeah, big field. Did you guys run this property? You plan it? We... No, we help. We help out. But okay. uh, it's family, family friends. It's a... Okay. It's a, a property in central Wisconsin, right uh, outside of Wisconsin Rapids, kind of Pittsville, Babcock area. Ah, sure. Um, I, I got family that owns land in Pittsville. Really? On God. On God. No cap. No God, cap. We're throwing out all these. We'll have to. Words. We'll have to chat about that off the air. People mm-hmm. don't get the deets on where we're at. But okay, so shot my first buck there, and I was 11 years old. How old am I now? 22. I'm turning. Tw- I'll be 23. So. Yeah, a lot of years ago. Okay, I didn't shoot a buck from that buck because I we we always it was like the rule there like your first deer can be a small buck after that it's a wall monitor. Yeah, yeah. that's a common rule. And, yeah, and I mean, on, yeah, on if, you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna take a buck, you're gonna shoot one that goes on a wall. And I shot in two when was it two thousand? Would have been two thousand eleven. Okay, I shot a buck there, and this buck was a. Bigger than any buck in here. Beast. It was a bigger beast. than your 155. Probably. Or it, I'm, it, I'm probably the one. It got killed. 
by one of the other guys there. We'll, we'll, we got to go back. That yeah, was yeah, that rewind. was the next rewind. season. So I shot. It, this was in a rut. I shot it. Hit it. Ended up hitting in the no zone. And high and back. No, straight. Just straight high. Okay. I ranged. I ranged where I thought it, was, it would happen quick. I ranged where I thought it was going to go, and then I actually walked in closer. So I ranged it. Uh, Bow or gun? With, a, with an archery. Okay. Archery. Yeah, it was like yeah. Uh, October, probably October 29th, actually. Wow. October We're 29th. Dates. 29th to 31st. Facts. I was, I was distraught, bro. Dude, I bet. I was tore up. Uh, big chocolate horns. Oh. Um, yeah, so I shot him in the no zone. Me and it was Sunday evening. Me and dad had to go back because dad had to work. I had to go to school. Um, Overrated. Our my dad's college friend and his brother, the two, the brothers who own this property. Sure, they stayed and looked, and they looked the next morning too, and they they hard they didn't find any blood. Okay. So and uh, Jim, I don't know if I should be saying names, but anyways, I already did. Uh, Jim actually shot him the next year. Uh, in the same area, he scored. I think he scored like a hundred and forty-six to eight inches. It's a pig. I yeah, especially was, for that part of the state. It was a very typical too. I think it was a, a ten pointer. Um, so big long tines. I actually looked a lot like my. Did he have chocolate horns again? He he did. Yeah, oh. and they found fragments of my NAP Thunderhead broadhead. In his in his uh, top of just just under the spine. So real quick, was that a knock on NAP because it broke? It was a knock. You, you it, not a knock because it broke. Just a knock because not on NAP, just on the Thunderhead specifically. Sure. Because I shoot the it, nap kill zone. Love it. I love the kill zone. Probably one of my favorite broadheads of all time. Kill a bunch of does in one buck with a kill zone. Yeah. Well, which and, is the and, <laughs> the ne- the buck next bucks I shot after that. And it came out ago. before the no collar rage. So it was the only they no did. collar option. They're better than a no collar rage. I agree. They have more. There's more sharpness. Yep, I still shoot it. It's mm-hmm. that. It's that airplane grade steel, aluminum or whatever the heck they advertise that they use. Yeah, my gripe. My gripe with the NAP uh, Thunderhead is that they're just not accurate. Like okay, if, sure. It, it, Got a lot of wind drift. Just the. the I don't know. Don't I don't know. They well. have a long ferrule. They don't spin well. They're cheaply made. Um. And I don't care if your bullet is tuned. I mean, even when I shoot them, I can't get them to shoot a group. So there you go. I mean, I shoot a group, but it's like arrows. It's like a pie Robin plate. hooding arrows at thirty yards versus shooting a pie plate. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, so my next question, I think you already kind of answered, but it was your most heartbreaking moment in the woods, mm. and I think it's going to be hard to top the no zone one forty class buck with beautiful chocolate horns. Yeah, honest, honestly, that was not the most heartbreaking moment in the woods. Oh, Roy Green, you have to share. Uh, it was actually on a deer that I actually killed. Really? The first deer I ever shot um, was that. a doe. Oh, okay. Not that. That was my first buck. It was okay. a, it, this was That was during Youth Rifle. This okay. was a, a couple a month earlier. Okay. In early, like... Bow season. Opening weekend of our As party. an 11-year-old. As a... Yes, was it yeah 11 12 nope nope young. i shot that this was not my first that was my first that first buck was my first deer this was at the year after that okay because then you were 12 i had not shot one now. with a bow yet okay i had missed a shit ton of deer i'm talking like six six does 
Ouch. Yeah. Clean misses or just like no? cleans? Wow. No, nope, I hit. Green. I did hit one. I did hit one. We Roy looked, Green knows we how to choke. Ever and ever and ever. Yeah, I did. Dude, I sucked. I was very bad. And were you shooting target at this point? No, okay. I wasn't. I was not. That's good. I was That's not good. shooting target. I was Ooh. so bad. Um, I, I clean missed like five. I wounded one. It was like a high gut shot. Um, and that's just going to happen when you're a kid getting into it. You got to learn. I think it was the only two deer that I've ever wounded. I believe it. That one. And then that buck that survived and was killed the next year. I feel like everybody has to have stories of wounding deer when they first get into mm-hmm. it, though. For me, I think I, I like my first year, I think it was a year, mm-hmm. I missed two. Yeah. Smoked one, though. My first doe, literally pinwheeled her right by on the shoulder. She got into pines, oh, yeah. lost blood trail, couldn't find her. Oh, yeah. Um, and it ended up getting on neighbors, and we couldn't find it and whatever. And So that sucked. But, um, but yeah, dude, like I that first year, I remember, it was, a, it was a struggle to get a deer down. Yeah, just tough. Just not being like, so on, being so inexperienced, you're like, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what the deer is going to do. Yeah. You don't know, like, when to stop it, when to not stop it. Yeah. You know, because. It's almost like. You know how they say there's beginner's luck and like fishing and stuff? Yeah. It's like the opposite. It's beginner's not hunting. luck. Yeah. Like beginner, you're screwed for like a few weeks. Yeah. I'm getting pretty good at it. You're okay. I'm, I'm getting... I, I think I got it done. <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, biggest heartbreak in the woods. Oh, yeah. I shot a doe. Okay. Um, opening weekend of bowl season. It's super hot. Like 87 degrees, something like that. 87.3 degrees. And it's probably in central Wisconsin. It is. It's yeah. 92% Hunting with my turbo day. hawk. I'm sitting on the honey hole. We call it the honey hole because we pointed a honey hole clover plot or something there. Sure, yeah. It's a brand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's this doe came out with another doe and a nubbin. And... Uh, she walks out in front of me, and I'm in like a, a big game double wide okay, on sure. this field. And there's there's pretty solo, good, solo, pretty okay. good cover. I have a couple shooting lanes one one shooting lane to my right, one shooting lane straight ahead, and one shooting lane to my left. And she comes out and she circles around outside in front of the tree where I can't shoot her because there's branches away. And then she comes through my shooting lane, but she's quartered away pretty hard, like very hard. And uh, I pull back and I. Uh, let her buck she's eaten perfectly still and uh i shoot her like my arrows in like right at her back hip and oh no uh, yeah and i'm like i shot her in the ass literally i, th- yeah, I was like i shot her in the ass i know she was courting away but not I, was that like, I said i shot her in the ass and uh she shot. ran away and i called my dad and i was i was literally i was crying you're crushed like, i was like dad it's like i hit one I messed up. I'm never going to kill a deer with my bow. I'm never going to. I don't like people say harvest a deer. I say kill it because you, you kill you it. Kill it. You, you kill it. You take its life. Yeah. And he was like, oh, he said, and God God bless my dad. He was like, don't worry. I'm, he got out of his tree stand and came there. Yeah. And we went in and we talked about it a little bit and we went out there. And uh, <laughs> we, we went out there and. Uh, we followed the blood trailers. It's pretty good blood because what actually happened, it was courting away so much. It went in by the hip, hit the femoral artery. Nice. Went through their guts and then went into the uh, opposite lung. 
Dang. So you found this deer? 45 yards piled up. Wow. Yeah. See, so far- that was my biggest heartbreak. I was so, I was so You distract. thought you were done. I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm not, this is never going to happen. So super funny. The doe that I shot this year. Yeah. Worst I've ever put on a deer in my life. Yeah. She was getting pushed by a buck. As soon as I started to shoot, she got pushed. Mm-hmm. Also, went in the butt cheek. Deer went two yards and piled up. I'm telling you, those butt cheek shots Honestly, are deadly, bro. Like, I think it's underrated. Like, new trend, aim for ass, you know? Like, who cares? Who, it's who honestly as tough of a shot. I would like to see it. I'm going to I'm gonna pull up moral- a, I want to pull up a, the diagram of a, a white-tail femoral artery because it seems so small, but so many people are like, yeah, I shot one in the ass one time. And it Dude, I feel like, like yards. you aim for something the size of a basketball, heart and lungs. Guys miss all day long. Yeah. And then... They don't aim for the f- femoral, and I feel like people hit it all the time. Yeah. And deer just pile up. Like, it's literally, like, instant. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see this diagram. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, man. Femoral artery. Is it a big one? It's thick. It's right on the old, right on the old hipper. Okay, hip. so. Um. Transition quick. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, Roy Green used to work as a bow mechanic for a fair amount of time. Yep. Quick question. Since a long time, yeah. Your thoughts on tinkering at home, doing it yourself, figuring it out, versus taking it into a bow shop. I know you work there. You're probably a little biased. Mm-hmm. But what do you think is the best choice for somebody who really cares and somebody who really doesn't? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you don't know what you're doing, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble. It can get expensive fast. Oh, yeah. Because... And dangerous. Because archery shops charge by the hour. Uh, most of the times, if it's a it's a big job and it doesn't take an hour, you're still going to charge, you know, they're still going to get it out of you. Um, yeah. It, it's, it can be dangerous, too. You can lose fingers. I mean, you're talking about a lot of stored energy in these things and they slip and that's i see it all the time these guys using these go you know going on archery talk and building their own homemade bowl presses they're using a ratchet strap to pull one together that shit scares me man i don't know i mean if you if you know what you're doing you watch enough videos like you can obviously figure it out but i would say try to get some formal training first before you Go ahead and jump into it. And I feel like uh, the bow shop, we're not going to name any names here, but the bow shop you worked for, mm-hmm. for a while, Yeah, everyone was very willing to like teach you about stuff, yeah. kind of show you what was going on, yeah. you could ask questions. Just go in and ask. If you, you know, if you are if you go to a good archery shop and the techs aren't dickholes, they usually help you. You know, if a guy you know, if a guy ever came in and he was like, hey, how are you doing that? I, I would literally explain to him step by step. He's like, hey, I've always wanted to know how to tie a D-loop. I just want run through my process and how I tie you or it'd be like, how do you, you know, I see your, uh, I see your back serving that, um, the serving on the string where that, where the string stop is hitting your string. How are you doing that? And I'd run through them how to do a back serve and stuff like or that. Or tying a peep or things that like you yeah. can definitely do at home. Those are yeah, definitely things you can do at home. Um, yeah. And things like taking your bowl apart or changing limbs it's a little bit more. Might want to seek professional help, but or your uh, your local Roy Green, he could help you out, maybe. <laughs> Call your local RG three and see what what he can do yeah, for you. Yeah. 
Um, cool. Well, I think that's just an interesting topic for, for some people to think about. But mm. um, just kind of staying on the hunting trend, do you have any goals for this season? Oh, yeah. I got tons of goals. Let's hear them. Some of them. Uh, I want to sh- go to – I'm going to South Dakota to hunt mule deer again. Must have missed the invite again. That's okay. I'm just kidding. You gave me one. I just didn't apply. You didn't. Um, <laughs> which is weird about South Dakota. Apparently, if you guys didn't know, a bunch of uh, the locals out there were mad at all the outstaters. Really? Yeah, that's why you have to apply. It was over the counter two years ago. I did know that. Yeah. But so they made it. So you have to apply by April first. It's pretty. It's a lottery draw, so it's pretty much guaranteed. But you still have to apply. So it it's takes hundred numbers down. Yeah, which should be which is good for me. I'd have a good, I have a very good spot. Yep. Me and Christopher are going back there and Hunter, old Hunter Elstrom. Sure. Well, I'm sure Bryce will be there, but if you need another camera op, yeah. let me know. Maybe I'll tag along. What do you think that Mule Deer scored I shot last year? Uh, mule Deer's really throw me off for score. They do throw you off. Compared to Whitetails, so I'm going to be conservative. So I'm going to guess 120. Oh, come on. Does 4 by 6 Or if uh, diehard Muleys would say newly guys would say a four point really they go to the lower number yeah it's a it's a true four by four and the brow tine doesn't count oh so the four by four with some stickers with some yeah with some junk with, with some trash i'm from midwest so that's a you know what that's a goddamn wisconsin 10 pointer right there that's a 10 pointer right there that's, that's some a- bitch that scored 137 and five ace really mm-hmm Okay, I told you I was going to shortchange you, though, because mm-hmm. Muley's throwing me off. So I wasn't that far off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful buck. Yeah, it's a beautiful buck. Hunter, Hunter actually has uh, video and pictures of him in uh, early August. Really? Velvet. Yeah. Under his bachelor group. That's super cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, I'm shooting a bigger one. Than I'm shooting a... That's a goal for you this year? You want a bigger one? Born yeah, but I'll shoot a smaller one, though. Okay. For sure. I'm not You're a... filling the tag. You ain't wasting the tag. I'm a, ta- I'm a tag filling some bitch. Um, so I assume you ate the mule deer. I ate I haven't ate all of it yet, but I've ate most of it. Yeah. Compare mule deer venison to whitetail venison. Uh, I think it's sagey. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's what they eat. I can taste the sage. Really? I think I ate a lot of it right after I got back. Sure. And when we were out there, I think this every day the sage just like going into my nose. Every time I breathe. I'm just snore <laughs> on the microphone. Jesus. Uh and I was just, yeah, that smell of sage was just, it smell it tastes like sage smells. Okay. But it's like, it's very subtle. It's not, it's not a whole lot different from venison. Just with like a, if you, if you like just took a little bit of sage and just, like it's actually a spice and you just like, phew, dropped it on there. It's pretty well. Off like. the elbow. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit of that. Yeah. But I mean, it depends on your area too. It's just like white tail. It depends on what they're eating. If they're. If you're in northern Wisconsin, Corn they're fed eat, eating a lot of bark and pine needles. They're going to taste not as good as uh, Vernon County freaking whitetail. Sure. You know, a Nebraska mule deer who's eating corn all day is going to taste a lot different from a, gosh, something north. Rocky Mountain deer. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. Them big boys. Yep. Caloradus. Um Cool. So I guess. Yeah, I got more goals. Yeah. I was going to, I was kind of hoping so, but I didn't want to sit down. God, I got more goals. Okay. Man. I'm also thinking about doing an antelope hunt. So, bigger muley, we want an antelope. I'm th- I'm thinking about it. I haven't decided yet. Where are you going? South Dakota. Where are we going? It's over the counter. So, we're going. Sure, if you Same want Same time? To. It's, uh, no, it opens August 15th or 20th. When are you guys going for? 
October 1st. You can't go till October 1st if you're an out-of-state guy. So are you going to try doing both on the same trip? No. Okay. I'm going to go I'm gonna go early for if – I, if I go for antelope, I'm going to go early. Let me know. That's something I might want to do with you. Yeah, and then scout for mule deer at the same time. How long are you going to go? I don't know, probably. Long weekend? Yeah, long weekend. Four probably. days, five days? Yeah. They're Ooh, tough. I'd consider that. Let me know. We'll have to, maybe we'll have to you get lucky, though. I think I might just have that horseshoe up in my butt. Yeah, seriously. You're opening day horseshoe. Yeah. Then we'll come back right away. Or just go to the for a few days. Opening day whitetail. Opening day mule deer. Um, Both. Well, the opening day whitetail I shot was five. Gosh. Three minutes after legal shooting light. I don't like you. I was on my. It was in my stand for 60 seconds. Uh, that one, that mule deer was my first stock of my first ever mule deer hunt. I still don't like I was that. not stalking that buck. I was stalking a, a two by three, <laughs> a little, little bad boy. I'll probably shoot one of those this year. Probably. Forky. Um, Forkers there's, only. There's some big bucks in that area though. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I did, I feel like I actually, I did some work for that. I feel like all the years of my prior hunting has been my my prelude to my success it's like i feel like it's like musky fishermen right like it's fish ten thousand casts right you backlogged a hundred thousand casts and you've been out once and you caught 10 fish you've been to you know numerous lakes casted your rod thousands of times and then you go out one you go out on uh june you know may 29th or whatever you get to x lake you take one cast and you catch it get lake x and you take one cast and you catch a 45 inch muskie like i guess that's kind of how it, i i picture it but i gotta work i i feel like i work for that that pep and buck you know yeah sure i was about to get out of, i was i was about to get out of the tree stand though yeah that's a little luck but i think like it's how it always is I as texted, as you're like yeah i'm done i here texted my dad right. i said we gotta get out of here i'm cold uh what time was it it was i texted my dad at 9 40 Nine forty something. It's, it's a little early, but like not that bad. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I said, gosh, I said I'm cold. It was uh, for November third. It was unseasonably cold. Well, not unseasonably. It was just it was a cold day. Was that sick and not keeping you warm or what? It. You know what? It was doing. It was doing well. I didn't. I added the fanatic jacket after that day. You was just running the Stratos after that. Before sure. that. But I added the fanatic jacket. Wow, I actually have to sick. I pulled up on my computer right now. Oops. Um, yeah, so I texted my dad at like 9.45 or something, and I said, hey, uh, it's cold. I haven't seen any deer. I've been grunting. I've been rattling. I haven't seen anything. We need to regroup and make a game plan for tonight. He said, yeah. all right, sounds good. 10.30, we'll meet uh, at the corner of the field. He's like 100 yards away from me. At like 10 a.m., this buck comes running in after a grunt sequence. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, so like, smoked him. Yeah, so he was like six seconds. I saw him. He was all pissed up. Smoke coming out of his nose. Ran in front of me. Touched one off right through his old pump house. Jeez. Okay, so goals. Okay. So we got shoot a bigger muley. Maybe. But you're going to shoot any muley. So shoot a muley. Well, not any. I don't know. See, that's always... I don't know. I don't. We'll we'll see what happens. Okay. The Any goal is to go bigger. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I'd shoot one like that again. Okay. Shoot another muley. Yeah. Shoot an antelope, maybe. Maybe. What else? Any whitetail goals this year? Whitetail. Hunt anywhere new? Do you want to get a public versus private? I'd like to shoot a bigger public whitetail. Sure. 
I like to get on some public like land. Like a Pope and Young on public land. I haven't hunted a public, ton of public in my life. Yeah. And I feel like it's something I need to get more into. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely uh, hopefully be hitting the woods with you this fall. I'll have some, some spots around Hudson, Wisconsin. Yeah. River Falls. There's a fair bit of public land, public land on this uh, western side of the state. Yeah, there is. And it's pretty good, too. Yeah, it's not um, bad. Especially in the like the river bottom areas. Yep, I like that yep. stuff. Well, you're giving away some secrets, huh? Oh, oh shit! I'm just kidding. That's good people are listening. So yeah, the all six people tuning in. Thank you very much. If you're tuning in, shoot me a message. Let me know. I just want to know who actually listens to this. <laughs> um, any other goals? Mm. You going to trad for an animal at all? No. Or, okay. That's no. Crazy. You know, it's a trend right now. I like filling my freezer, not missing stuff. Ouch. It's a tough, it's a tough punch at guys, but I'm not good. It takes so much time. Yep, I hear you. I feel like there's this righteousness too about guys who are shooting traditional. Are they like better? Yeah, more ethical. It's a purity. Yeah, I get. Do you feel? Do you feel weird? Like weird about when people talk like ethics and hunting? Yeah. Yes and no. Right. Because let's get in. Let's get into this a little bit. Okay. Honestly. So my my honest thought is, if you're gonna bring up ethics, and mm-hmm. your point is to make it the most ethical kill of all time, like as possible. Yeah. You should only hunt with a gun. Yeah. Right. Because a gun, ninety nine percent of the time, is gonna kill faster and more efficient than a bow. Mm-hmm. But I think there's some heritage and skill and attainability and pride that and obviously i'm not bashing bow hunting i prefer no bow yeah hunting. so do i but i just think it's a fine line to walk mm-hmm. because i mean it's the same argument as people who say like oh we do it for population control yeah right like okay that's a tough yeah that's, that's a, a cop-out answer that's a tough thing because yeah then if somebody if all of a sudden tomorrow the dinner was like yeah well the population is they're doing fine. Like we're we're good. You guys don't need to hunt anymore. I'd be like, God. Or if the government came in and started <laughs> shooting them all out of a helicopter, yeah, we'd be everyone's like, gonna be pissed. Like, what the hell? But we wanted population control, and they did that. You know, yeah. so uh, it's an interesting argument, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of different sides to it. And I think it's hard because we're in a consumer society where it's yep. like, go to the grocery store and buy your food. Go to your blah 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 blah. Like, you know, what's really funny. You can certify beef organic. There's no way in hell you could certify a deer organic. No. You know why? Because they're eating GMO soybeans. They're eating all this other stuff. They're eating stuff with pesticides on it. Like, yeah. it's for sure. You know, like someone could be like, well, my beef's organic. And you can't say that about something that grew up in the wild and is truly wild game. Yeah. Just because of the way the world is today. So it's very interesting. I think whitetail meat is healthier. I think it is a very. Um, good tradition and pastime that not only helps the environment because people who are out there and and it's interesting right because we put in a lot of work putting in food plots or um, cutting trees or maintaining the woods and keeping things clean for deer Mm -hmm. to hunt them right so it's interesting because um, you hear the argument like well you're just putting that in to kill them like why do that if you're just going to kill them and it's like when you're truly a 
hunter and conservationist mm-hmm. like i'm trying to make the woods a better place for the wildlife for the, for the yeah the wild wildlife as a, as a whole the yeah. whole herd not just that one animal that you harvest absolutely and it's not yeah. even like just whitetails right mm-hmm. like i'll plant food pots that benefit birds and turkeys yeah. and all this other stuff that benefit off this thing that i'm doing yeah but yes i am doing it to hunt in the long run so circling back to the kind of the whole ethics point it's interesting, but I think people need to realize or should realize we wouldn't be alive today if our ancestors didn't hunt. Yeah. And if your argument is, sure. well, you don't need to hunt now because there's beef, like then you just don't understand and that's okay. Yeah. I'd recommend there's, there's trying it. People, yeah, get out in the woods. But, you know, I think it's something where if you just want to eat store-bought beef that grew up in a pen, that's fine. I eat beef. I have mm. nothing against beef. You know, it's kind of, it's great. I had beef today. Yeah. I mixed it with venison, though. There you go. See, but, <laughs> but, but venison is, it's almost like some people prefer fish or some people, it's like, yeah. it's another option. Yeah. And there is a feeling of pride and um, the ability to be a provider when you eat something that you killed. And I do think this is something interesting. In a society where there's video games and stuff that constantly showcase and encapsulate killing, I think people lose touch with what it means to take a life. Mm. And that's one thing that I learned really young. When you watch something die, like I know it's sad to talk about and like you don't want to talk about killing things and it's brutal, but... But it really is a moment where you understand life yeah. more because, like, you know, like, I feel like there's kids and I don't want to get too political, but I see people who, like, shoot things or accidentally point a gun at somebody or whatever, and they don't understand the lethality yeah, they don't because they've never seen something mm-hmm. die because of it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's just something where it's, like, it's sad to an extent. Mm-hmm. But it really gives you insight into the circle of life as a whole. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people need in today's world just to understand. You know, yeah. like, it, I think Joe Rogan's a good example, too, because he's like, I had an issue with eating farm meat. I was going to go vegan. Yeah. But then I started hunting so that exactly. I provided for myself. Exactly. And going going back to, like, the, the, like, the emotional side of killing some, you know, taking an animal's life. Um, well, I shot my I shot my first animal that for that buck that's right over there. Yep. <laughs> I shot <laughs> not a plug. It's just a little spiker. With yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I shot that was my first year. I I got my first year before my dad got his first year. Really? Oh well, yeah, your dad's had two years before you, right? Yeah, but he was hunting traditionally. He, didn't, he never hit anything. Sure. <laughs> um, and I remember we were hunting together because it was doing the mentor hunt, and uh, when we walked up, it I just like a vivid a uh, vivid memory in my mind is my dad like shaking and like yeah his i can like hear his breath the adrenaline and he's like yeah his body is quivering like he's like this is as close as he's ever been in his whole life to and you know an undulate like die like dead dying so and i was just like that's it's well, heavy on your heart yeah and it's also interesting when you're 10 11 12 yeah. years old and, and my dad's that. 30 40 years old but i think it's something where it's like people be like oh well you're encouraging killing and 
I think it's totally the opposite. Yeah. It gives you respect for life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have a friend, 100%. a good friend who rides motorcycles a lot and he kept got buying bigger and bigger and bigger motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And, um, I asked him, like, why are you doing that? Like, you don't need a thousand RR. Like, it's a huge bike and way too fast. Like, something that'll just kill people. Yeah. And he goes, I was getting too confident on my 600 where yeah. I didn't respect it yeah. and fear it and know what it could do. Yeah. That I needed something more intimidating. Yeah. And I feel like it's almost a respect you need to have with a firearm or a bow because I feel like there are kids who. You play Call of Duty all day long and yeah. kill people and respawn. Like, that's not how life works. No. You no. know? And I just think that respect and admiration and understanding of the lethality of things is just really important and something that um, really just doesn't exist a lot. And it's hard to find, you know? And it doesn't w- resonate with a lot of people. And what's interesting is we grew up in rural, I air, air quotes, rural communities. Yeah. Like, Oregon are, and what West blows Bay. my mind, there are people who grow up in Minneapolis. Yeah. And ha- never seen a deer in their life. Never been in a car, never no. been outside of the city, never been in the woods, never gone for a hike. No. Never consumed something that they found, they killed, they harvested, whatever. Yeah. Like, and those are the people who understand, like, oh, grocery store, right? Like, yeah. Uh, it's just such that's a so whack to me like dude, i saw a black bear I, in my driveway two days ago yeah i don't get it yeah. right? like like i mean and, the, it, and no hate on them if that's life you want to live by all means but i feel like you when you live in a concrete jungle you miss out on a lot of the beauty that nate like well you've beauty. seen both of it you live in minneapolis right now i do yeah well and then that's what i'm saying like i find escape in the small communities that have trees yeah. like for me i get in there and i can hear birds again and hear this kind of stuff and like it's peaceful for me because it reminds me of what's yeah. outside of this but i think people that live in it you know they go to zoos right mm-hmm. and they see black bears next to zebras and they're like oh look at them live in harmony you know like yeah, in no, the same that, pen that shit doesn't work right? like that <laughs> and they don't they don't understand the circle of life mm-hmm. and how brutal nature is yeah like me shooting a deer even with a bow which is less lethal ethical lethal ethical whatever word you want to use that gun yep. is more ethical than watching a mountain lion claw the head off of a deer i would say 100 percent. You, you know what i mean and people, like there's a lot worse outcomes for these animals absolutely or getting disease and dying getting sick and old getting eaten by a bobcat like whatever like from the day they hit the ground from the day they come out of their mother they're, they're hunted they're just trying not to die absolutely <laughs> absolutely and i think yeah. people who live in the city and have never been outside of that yeah don't understand that yeah. they think if you don't kill it it lives this beautiful bambi life where no. it grows big and you know, its only worry is a wildfire every once yeah. in a while, and it gets along with all the other animals in the woods. Oh yeah, and like you're humani- humanizing a wild animal, mm. it just doesn't work. No, never. You know, like, and I mean, there's domestic animals like dogs and stuff, but like, if you let a dog go in the wild, good luck. Like, it's gonna start hunting. It's gonna yeah. if it survives, it's gonna yeah. hunt. It's gonna kill. It's gonna scavenge. It's gonna become a wild animal again. And I just think when you get to the ethics of it. It's not like I'm comparing, oh, I shoot a deer versus it lives this big, long, 20-year happy life and I ended it. Yeah. It's either I kill this deer and eat it and consume it. It gets killed, hit by a car. Like The other options aren't pleasant. It's going to starve in the winter. It's going to yeah. get its hindquarters eaten off by a wolf or a coyote. Yep. It's going to get CWD and slowly deteriorate. Yep. Which is a big thing in Wisconsin especially. Yes, it is. 
um, south, south uh, southwestern Wisconsin. They're having major issues with that right now. Yep. Um, Wisconsin's a great example of what not to do to control CBD. Yeah. Um, Throw a salt lake out there. Get those bucks coming in. Yep. Yeah, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think that was a good tangent. Good question, Roy Green. I think, I, I think that was a good explanation, I hope. If was, anybody listening good. has other comments, feel free to text me or go to my Instagram and leave me a comment. Let me know what you think on it. Um, would love to hear your opinion on um, the ethics of hunting. I got um, a question for you. Okay, let's hear it. Um, what hunts have been on your radar or mm-hmm. have you been interested in doing sure. in the next, in like the next couple years, five years, sure. two to five years? Okay. Two to five years hunts. Um, one thing that I want to do once, I want to do a bear hunt mm. in Wisconsin. And I've actually been wrestling with that a lot lately because I have a weird conundrum with hunting over bait yeah and i wouldn't use dogs so you so you you don't want to use dogs and you feel weird about hunting over bait yes so i would probably do bait just because i'd want I to did do it, with my yeah, bow, i did it once but i feel weird about it yeah like it's literally like patterning something to the point where you it's like hunting over a bird feeder it's yeah. like shooting chickadees off a bird feeder yeah I, yeah to a certain extent yeah you know what i mean and and i struggle with it back and forth but that is something i would like to do and then I want to do a mule deer hunt, which I know we talked about a lot. Yes. Um, and we'll probably end up doing that together at some point. But mm-hmm. uh, that's on my list. One thing I want to do with my dad is actually, it's funny you brought up antelope, is an antelope hunt. Um, I want to take my dad out. I feel like it's something that we could do relatively easily, um, pending whatever. I've heard if you hunt water holes, it's not super crazy. Not really. Hard. No. So... It's something I'd love to try to do with him, um, you know. And and there's a lot of hunts I'd love to try to do with him before he gets too older, old to, too old to do stuff, and before I get too busy with my job, you yeah. know. Like so, that's something that's definitely on my radar. Is trying to get out and do some hunts with him, um, and then in the next five years, I would love to do an elk hunt, but I yes. know it's a lot of work. So yeah, um, I'd love Very to start expensive. with start with muley. See how it goes. See what it's like, you know, because it's like I feel like a smaller version, especially if we do like South Dakota or something where it's like more rolling hills, less mountain. Yeah, um, be a good warm up. See how that goes, mm-hmm. and then address if I want to pursue something out there. But um, yeah, I think that's something that's that's definitely on my radar in the next couple of years. And then obviously whitetail hunting. I'd love to get a public land buck. I've never killed a deer off public, and I'd love to do that. So that's on my list. Um, I don't know if the next five years might be a little too soon. I'd love to go for a, a, a turkey slam. For real? In the spring. You just got Easterns, that's it? Yeah. Yep, just here. But I've only shot to... one Eastern. I've only shot one turkey in my life. Really? Dude, I actually love it. It's great in the spring. Yeah. It's a great little getaway. I'd it's want... something that I, just, I, just, I don't think about a lot because I always forget to apply in December. Mm. Um, and then I'll remind I... you this year. We should go. I would love to. Every it's time I, when I go out, when I go out, I'm like super into it. Oh, but then agreed. I just don't think about it a lot. Yeah, so, I don't know why. I need to get I need to get into it because I really like it. It's fun. Turkey hunting is the one for me. One, it holds me over till fall. Yeah, I'm like itching to go into the woods right now. And two, <laughs> it's the easy. Like if you want to 
like and one thing i think is really big right now in the industry or needs to be and i feel like maybe isn't getting enough attention as it should is the power and importance of being a mentor to people around you to get people into the sport yeah that's so true we're all talking be selfish we're all talking about and observing the industry shrink Yes. Um, and there's actively less people getting involved every, every year, except for this year. Apparently sales are up, but could be for a lot of reasons. Um, but I think the importance of just finding – like Jeremiah is a great example. Yeah. He told me he was interested in archery. Yeah. That year I helped him get set up with his first bow. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know everything. I know I, enough. Like, I told yeah, him this is a good yeah. option. You know, you can shoot this, blah, blah. I had some stuff to loan him to get him started. And then I just took him hunting on property I had, and he shot his first buck of his whole life. You know what I mean? And, like, it's a great – yeah, right? (laughs) Um, It's a great opportunity to really get people into the sport and and show them what it is. Mm -hmm. Turkey hunting is an amazing opportunity. You can be relatively loud. You can hunt in a blind. They can bring food. It's whatever. The mornings are early, it's, but you only hunt for a couple hours in the morning. Literally, if you're in a good really, spot, it's super safe. If you're in a good spot, you can literally be done by eight a.m. Yeah, you know, like you can still go out, carry on with your day. You don't lose your whole weekend. Like, you know, you can literally only hunt mornings or only hunt evenings if you want, and yeah. you still have a good chance of being successful. Mm-hmm. I think turkey hunting is a great opportunity to mentor new people, and you can go with a shotgun. Like it's like you can literally pattern a shotgun, let them shoot it once in the yard to make sure that they yeah. know what they're doing and are safe with it. And you're good to go. Yeah, and get them into it, and it tastes good, and I feel like it's a really good opportunity to mentor people. That's something I want to start talking about more on the podcast too is just like the importance of mentorship and how to do it. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to be a dude with a million-acre ranch to take somebody out. No. You don't. It's just public land all over the place. Literally. And, you know – I think a good example is someone who does hunt public and people are always like, oh, don't give away your spots. Like, yeah, I, right. Maybe don't take them to your best spot ever, but you probably have a spot where you see deer. Just take yeah. them there. I'm such a, I'm such a not spot guy. Yeah. You're kind of a big anywhere, anywhere works kind of guy. I'm yeah. But it's like, even like, like sharing stuff, especially too. like in my eyes, it's public. And there's so many people that are like, they go to they go to a spot like I shot that buck on public land from Jeremiah's spot. Thankfully, he shared it with me. Right. I would never like there when I was working in the archery shop. There's people that would come in and they would say, "Hey, where's you know I have some good public land around here," and I would just like show them where I go hunt. You Pull Bonnex and show them a good spot. Like, yeah, it's, you go. it's it's lit. It's public information, and it's the same thing with like fishing spots and stuff too. Like I was just gonna people say, people ask me where like where are the fish biting. I just, give them some good areas you know yeah and i mean like i think the thing with that too is like you don't have to necessarily give them your honey hole like you have a spot where you're watching a big buck i might give my honey hole yeah i'm kind of crazy you really don't care (laughs) but i mean like even if you know a spot where it's like oh yeah like literally this is a spot maybe not a ton of people know about it you could go here and see some deer Mm -hmm. like just help people out because at the end of the day if we don't help people out those people drop out of the sport yeah. and then it's not available for the next generation because nobody's into it. Yeah. If like, in, if your dad, you know, we got into it because our, our parents, our dads were into it yep. and then they'll get in because their dads are into it. And then, you know, yeah, it's kind of how the, the evolution of it works. Getting one person involved could literally affect 10, 10 more people. Oh yeah. You know, so it's just kind of owning that and, and not being like, Oh, well I don't, teach or i don't know anybody or i don't teach other people like 
there's people all around you who might be interested. You yeah. just need to have a conversation. Exactly. I feel that 100%. Um, so I guess before we wrap up kind of the hunting section, kind of talk filming, camera stuff, quick, yeah. kind of wrap up. But um, any new gear or things this year that you're excited about? Oh, gosh. Uh, yes. Could be bow, could be setup, could be trip, could be apparel, could be whatever. Big sponsorships to announce, I don't know. Gear. Sitka. Okay. Uh, I know you're a big Sitka fan. You're sick for it. I'm so sick for it. I'm actually a gear nerd. I love new gear. Sure. Um, I like Sitka's new uh, bino harness. Okay. I think it is sick. Do you have it? No, I'm I'm about to have it. Okay. <laughs> it's got uh, Molly stuff on the side. Oh, sure, Molly's right. Molly webbing. Yep. Uh, removable pouches on the sides for things like bear spray and uh, range finders. Sure. You know what I think? Kind of uh, starting to transition into, into filming. Mm-hmm. I actually think a chess harness, it would be a great option for carrying camera gear. I know Bryce does it, I actually. Think, yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Like, even like a... Like a, uh, what like a army ranger or military guys wear like a chest ring. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of where they I feel like they got the the uh, chest harness bino harness from, is that that kind of like military style chest rig that carries ammunition. Probably. But I think like you, you could have like pouches for your lenses and stuff and like one for your camera. Yeah, if you're rolling DSLR like what I do, like absolutely. Like That'd be the great. middle harness, the middle spot for a, the body, and then yeah. you know the bags for additional lenses. Or if you're somebody just getting into it with like a camcorder, yeah. you could literally fit that in one of the sleeves mm-hmm. and then just carry it with you all the time. Yeah. You know, and it's always on you. So I think it's kind of a cool option for that too, as well as keeping your binos close, you know, what it's built for. So. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like the, uh, yeah, the Sitka Mountain Optics Harness. Check it out. $149. It's a little spendy. One size fits all. What are your thoughts on the old um, Sitka Kuyu First Light? I know you're you're kind of a sick of guy, but yeah. Do you think at this point there's a huge difference in brands, or it's all uh, pretty good? I feel you know what I. I've I've had contact with the Kuyu stuff. Sure. I like the Kuyu stuff. I think the Sitka and Kuyu stuff are very, um, very high quality stuff. Good stitching, good materials, sure. A lot of science, but it, that's the, that's the thing I like about Sitka a lot is they actually. Put science behind their stuff and publish the science. They like, do. They like they yeah, show you what the research they prove it. Is. They're like, this is this is why this is good shit. Yeah. And uh, I've I've like I've said I'm I'm a Sitka guy. I run all Sitka stuff. Um, I've I've touched the Kuyu stuff. I've never I I don't know a lot about it. Um. This the first light. Honestly, I've i've been around guys who have first light on but i've never really like that's meat eater out there felt it and touched it is yeah the meat eater guys taking over the industry as fast as they can i feel and i could be completely wrong i feel like uh the first light stuff is and i've heard from guys that it is uh still good stuff but not as good as sitka and kuyu uh and like I said, I could be completely wrong because I've never had. You don't have pers- that's, that's I don't third personally. Party. I third party. I don't have personal experience with this stuff. And I, I mean, I should. I'd try it. I don't know. 
But call for listen, uh, just as the host, yeah, I just like to jump in and say, <laughs> if you, any of these brands are thinking about sending me a sponsorship, maybe some free gear. <laughs> I love them all. Um, I'm open to try everything. I'm wearing a Sims hat currently. I own some Sika. I own some First Light. So I've uh, I don't own any First Light. I own one Kuyu T-shirt. I don't own any Kuyu at this point. But no. We can change that though. Just let me know. Okay. I'll send you my PO box. I own a lot of Sitka stuff though. Um, to the six people out there who don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. Thank you all for tuning in very much. <laughs> um, so the kind of the last section here, as I talked about, podcast is kind of about archery, hunting, and then shooting and filming. Because you got to yeah, get yeah, yeah. the shot. Get it? So you get the, the shot, shot archery, you get the shot, shot with the camera. Get the shot. Um, so have you filmed before? Your hands, mm. and what made you start and stop? If you did, mm. I've never, I've never seriously filmed any hunts. Okay. What? Uh, no, I haven't. Not any of my hunts. I filmed a few hunts for Chris. Okay. One or two. Okay. Like in the early days of Chris Be Real. Yeah. Um. Casual plug. Wearing, wearing the merch, and I am actually. I'm wearing is the your five. homie. This is the seven panel. One, two, three, four, five. I think it's five. Five panel. It's the uh, the classic surfer dude. You know, it's a green. It's a sharp flat. looking hat. Looks good. I don't know how I felt about it at first, but I'm kind of digging it. It's a good look. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I, I filmed a, a few hunts for Chris. Uh, I think me and some of my buddies have filmed some unsuccessful hunts in the past. I filmed it. I did. Somebody filmed the doe kill that I shot. Okay. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I've always been, I've always been around it. I've always like wanted to get more into it. I just haven't for some reason. Sure. I have a YouTube channel domain. Sure. That I haven't posted any videos on. Sure. It's called Roy Green. There you go. Uh, if you're, if you're on the old YouTube, look up Matthew Weiss and join my 34 subs. <laughs> I thought you wouldn't hit a hundred. I want to hit a hundred. Oh, you haven't hit a hundred? No. Oh, you're almost there. I'm a third of the way there, Roy. That's a long What's Chris way. at? Like 80K or something. God. Uh, shout out to that's, Chris if you're listening. That's uh, we rookie get numbers. We might, we might see Chris uh, two weeks from now. Yeah, I know. We're going to try to get together and make, an, we make maybe we'll shake just, some hands, maybe we'll kiss do some babies. A, maybe we'll do a podcast, huh? Podcast maybe. three. Maybe. Well, he's probably got a bigger podcast that we'd probably do, not mine, but you never know. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we could just film both at the same time. We could send you the audio. That's fair. That's fair. We, we're planning, we're thinking about we were talking about getting a, like an Airbnb in Duluth. Oh, dude, you gotta let me know if this is happening. I'm pretty uh, sure. No, I'm pretty sure it is happening. Okay, well then you just need to formally make an invite and make sure other people know that I'm invited. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, kind of talking about crispy real, it might be your answer. Uh, the YouTube hunting filming community is something that's rapidly growing, and there's a lot oh, yeah. of kind of bigger names. Yep. that are growing out there, Chris being one of them. Um, in your opinion, yeah. who do you think does the best job right now? Ooh. YouTube hunting and filming. Or it could be a TV show. I just feel like TV I, shows are kind of overrated. Okay, so I'm going to start off with podcasts. I really like listening to the media podcast. Okay, with Steve Rinal. Mm-hmm. Sure. I like their views. I like how they have a, a lot of... They have a lot of avenues as far as conservation and yeah. hunting yep. and per, um, prolonging the hunting of wild game and going after It's not stuff. ours. It's just our turn. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I like that. Um, so that. And I feel like they bring in a lot of experts. They do. Which also yeah. makes it informative and interesting and, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. 
as far as you like YouTube personalities, I really like uh, Chris. I like Chris. He does a good job. Yeah, my boy. Uh, born and raised. Okay. The Elk Hunters. Yep. Yep. I really I like watching those guys. Yeah. They do. They are very good elk hunters. It seems. It seems yeah. Like they know. What they kill doing. a lot of big bulls. Unless these bulls are tied up behind trees, <laughs> they know. The it seems like they know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, what else? Am I? That's I. That's kind of who you got off the top of your head. Kind of what I got off the top of my head. I'm that's sure good. there's more than a missing because I spend most of my days, um, thinking or watching hunting videos on YouTube. So sure, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's fair. I think those are some of the, some big players in the game. I think, so. I think the hunting public does a good job putting out constant oh, yeah. content. Those guys grabbed an area of the dude hunting media it so fast and cornered it. They got it literally instantly. Oh, the pub, yeah, the public land whitetail hunting, like just going and a turkey in there. tour, like they do enough, like, and they're constantly rolling out content, literally, yeah. like content is king, and they are king of content. If yeah, and that's a testament to what they do. Yeah, if, if you like content, if you post, and you just one a week, one a week, two a week, three a week, whatever, you just if keep you going, just keep it, going, just keep going. They will come. Yeah, and yeah. I think, and I think, like blue, you know, blue collar guys really attached to that because they don't you know they don't run around in expensive hunting gear they could if they wanted to but they don't on purpose so you know more power to them yeah absolutely get after it and they shoot deer yep that they do in some very interesting ways too yeah yeah and and i'd say that's that'd be a thing for more guys to think about you know there's those guys they don't have time to wear camo they go to random public spots and they still shoot deer yep put the time in the only investment they make is a ghillie suit Literally, that that would be my biggest hunting advice to people: is just put the time in. Literally, you can't kill them from the couch. If you put yeah, if you put hours in the tree, you're gonna shoot something. But you gotta think: people were killing them in blue jeans. Yeah. I mean, it, yes, the camo helps, but <laughs> if you just sit still, they'll come. Yeah, there's you know? sometimes when I'm sitting still and they still see me. For yeah, some well, <laughs> I hear that. Um, so yeah. kind of on how you've been around it a lot, haven't really got into What do you think are your biggest reservations in filming? Like filming your hunts and Like kind of, why I don't want to? Yeah. I don't feel like I don't want to. I just feel like I or don't. Or like why don't you? Like, you know, like hesitations or oh. um, borders maybe that keep you from doing it. Maybe or, I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like that's tough. I feel like. It won't like it won't be like super good like super good quality like right away. I think that's part of what like I would love to see. I would love to see something that I made be like it's right on the money, like, like a crispy think, real production. Yeah, I think, and a lot of people see that, and that doesn't happen when you don't have a Sony A seven five or whatever the heck they're called three. But a, yeah, A seven whatever they have. I think they just dropped the four, but whatever um, it is. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, but here's the thing. Yeah. Yes, it helps. Mm-hmm. No, you don't need it. It's yeah. more about the storytelling and the editing. Mm-hmm. And that's something that right away, like, plugged your Chris. He killed it right out the gates. Yeah, he's a creative, super creative guy. Yeah, well, he had a good look. He had a good editing pace. Yep. He was able to tell a story, captured a lot of footage. Like, I feel and like he's that's always filming. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I'm trying to get better at because yeah. I do a lot of filming from the tree, but it's kind of like the before and after I need to get better about. So yeah. uh, huge props in for doing that. I think it takes a lot of work. And having a cameraman like Bryce who kills it, I think also makes a big difference. But Yes. Um, so for you, what do you think it would take to kind of get you to start doing it? Mm. Someone who's willing to edit I'm, for no, you. I've you want a new camera? What do you need? Uh, I don't know. I think I, I, I've. It's always been something I was like. I was like, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this every year. I just don't do it. And then I think I don't know. Just, I think if I. Just, there's the hassle and pain in the literal ass of actually doing it of self filming. Self, yes, because that it's sucks. it's literally like shooting the deer twice because you literally have to get him in frame, make sure he's still there. Maybe I'm scared that I'm not. Maybe I'm scared that I'm just gonna miss the deer. That happens. It, it sucks, does. But it happens. And I don't know if I'm ready for that. Or I'm like the, the buck that I shot this year. Suck. No SD card. Yeah. Didn't film it. Literally had the camera on the whole time. You didn't have an SD card in there. That sucks. My camera is, I have an A7 III with two SD card slots. That's so rip. Both were empty and I had none in my bag. Just like the biggest. And literally as soon as it happened, I was like, I'm killing a deer today because I don't have everything I need. They're going to show up. And I watched deer all morning. Did you film it even though you didn't have an SD card in there? I had one GoPro with an SD card in and I hit record, but the file got corrupted. So I have literally nothing. What? Did you move the SD card from that to your A7? Uh, micro SD card versus regular uh, SD card. It doesn't work. And I didn't have an adapter. So yeah, I was up shit creek without a paddle. But yeah, and then I shot that buck, which was, it was a decent little buck. But, you know. 120? Uh, yeah, right around. Probably, probably on the smaller side of that, yeah. but, but pretty close. Um, but yeah, I totally get the reservations. I mean, it is a ton of work, but I really do enjoy it. It's something I really look forward to on it. Um, so let's uh, get together and make some videos. I'll film and edit for you, and you just got to kill shit. All right. I like that. Um, vice versa, too. Yeah. So, well, I got to kill shit first, and then we'll make it. <laughs> um, so last question that I kind of ask everybody who uh comes on the old podcast is okay. kind of an out of the blue all right 100 honest opinion off the cuff yeah what are your thoughts on my content oh gosh your videos suck okay. your podcasts are terrible okay i need you have the worst guests um no i like it it it's very uh reminds it reminds me of uh chris's videos actually you know and not not that they're exactly like them no it's just i like the uh, creative aspect and you know the difference from everybody else's stuff you know what i mean sure and that's, i feel like that's what, what people like to see a lot too they don't want to see this like the whispering to the cameraman i got him folks give me a second i just shot a big ass deer that whisper you know and it, it's the new stuff and the i don't i don't know how to explain it. i like it well i feel it's like good stuff i feel like something that i did try to emulate or pick up from chris is and kind of something i thought even before his channel blew up was just like Mm -hmm. there's this it i watched the trend in fishing happen first yeah where it was much more cinematic quality yes new upbeat music with like the the bass fishing guys yep like the goobin oh yeah was it oh yeah that yeah that happened i I remember watching those guys when I was in high school. Yep. Yeah. When they were first blowing up, I saw them and I was like, man, that's a like, trend. They had like 25,000 subscribers. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like, For sure. And I was like, they they're going to they're gonna be big. And yeah. and watching that trend, I was like, God, someone needs to do that in the hunting industry. And it was kind of around the time I started actually making videos. Yeah. But I just simply didn't have 
time or content to yeah. really keep up. And then Chris came in and I found his channel and I was like, this dude's got it. Like that yeah. is the algorithm, right? Like even though he, even though he only had, you know, I say only had, but he had like 8,000 subscribers at the time, yeah. which is pretty good. But I mean, and that's like, you can see from then, I was just like, yeah, he's going to, it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the just, plus add on the connections that he has in the industry. Yeah. Putting, putting the thought and it's effort into the actual video and telling a story and capturing the stuff before and after the kill, like all that stuff put together. I mean, you can put out some banger content. That's what I try to do and I'm trying to get better at, but, yeah. um, but yeah, well, I appreciate it. I mean, that's a big compliment to me. I really, I do appreciate yeah. it. So. I mean, maybe I'll just, I'll, maybe I'll start posting on my YouTube channel. Maybe well, yeah, get some competition going around here. Yeah, some local competition. That's great. <laughs> and then you're going to blow up past me and I'm going to be salty AF, but it's Maybe cool. not. Yeah, maybe. Surprised. Um, no, it's all cool. It's it's a YouTube space. I mean, it's like public land. Do whatever you want. Anybody can do it. Yeah. Just about putting the time and effort in, you know? That's right. Um, well, that's kind of all I have for questions, Roy. Is there anything that you would like to chat about before we wrap up? I don't want to take up all of your night, but um, any other topics you feel like is important or anything to say to the to the people tuning in? The people tuning in. Um, no, get out there, hunt. Do as much hunting as you possibly can. Do it for me. That's all I got to say. For Roy Green the third. Yeah. Okay. that's it that's all i got cool all right well th- huge thank you to roy for jumping on the podcast uh today i really do appreciate it oh can i say uh, can i say one more thing oh yeah go ahead okay yeah i got i do have a final concluder okay, okay. uh yeah if you guys ever have any uh questions about hunting or archery or anything don't be afraid to send me a dm i don't think i've ever not responded to a single dm unless it was spam so send it away i'll answer some questions for you yeah cool there we go yeah uh, so yeah huge thanks really appreciate you hopping on i think this was a really good educational episode with some um cool content to talk about so um looking forward for this fall to get out in the woods with you and um everybody feel free to hit them up roy green i i i on That's instagram it. um yeah take her easy peace see ya